Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. When I was 22 years old, uh, I was called into ministry, called into preach, and uh, I really and truly thought that uh, any day Billy Graham was going to call me and say, I'm getting older, I need you to take over my ministry. And uh, that did not happen, by the way. In fact, when I was first called to preach, I couldn't find anywhere that wanted me to preach. And so I was like, I have an availability, you don't want me. And so I needed a ministry, I needed something to do. So my mom was uh, my mom's a nurse, and she was working at a, uh, a retirement center. At, and so she said, come and just, she said, there's so many people that don't get visits, there's so many people people that don't uh, have family around. So just come. And she introduced me to one and uh, that became my favorite. And I would just go and tell me about your life and tell me and just spend time with her. And and I, I, I hate to say, I, it's, it's been pushing like 28 years ago. I don't remember her name anymore, but I can't forget her. She was 96 years old and uh, just sharp and funny and with it. And one of the things that I really remembered about her being 96 years old was she also dipped snuff. And uh, so so she would, she would literally go with a spit cup in her hand, praise Jesus, and spit. And, and, and I remember that so, you know, you're just, here's the deal, like, don't start bad habits, but if you're 96 years old and still doing them, finish strong. All right, just do it. Just finish strong. And so that's, that's what, and uh, I remember one time we were praying and she was praying and literally crying because her baby had some medical issues. And finally I started thinking about it and I said, I said, tell me about your baby. And she, the reason he was having medical issues, he was 70. And so, uh, so, all right, we'll pray for your baby. And so, but it was, it was in that time that, that I, I fell in love uh, with ministry. When I fell in love with, with taking care of people, it, it, was, it was fun and exciting. And, and there's, a, there's a hallmark of Christians in Matthew chapter 25 that talks about ministry, that talks about how we do ministry. And I want to read this to you. This is the judgment at the end of time, but it's, it's an unusual judgment and because how Jesus identifies those who will spend an eternity with him. So Matthew 25 beginning in verse 31. For it is just like a man about to go, that's not it. Uh, (laughs) Melinda, you are for sure right. I need bifocals. (laughs) So I can't read the numbers anymore. All right. So uh, I have just admitted it, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. All right. So it's the first step. It's the first. All right. Here we go. Verse 31, which is over here, says this. So, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. And I was in prison, and you visited me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you as a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? you? When do we see you sick or when do we see you in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and for his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison? When do we not help you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then he will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal reward. So this is an interesting um, passage because Jesus shows us not just how we will be judged, but that you can see the fruit. Like you can know how you will be judged before you get to the judgment. He tells us this passage of scripture because you can know the outcome before you ever walk into the trial. He says those who are believers, he uses the word in the very last sentence, which is really the key, the righteous will do these things. Now, I've got to be careful with this because if you're new to Christianity, you're going to be very tempted to bring in a preconceived notion that is absolutely wrong. Do not do that with this text. So this is the way I wrote it. We get to serve because we are saved, not to get saved. You get to serve once you are saved by Jesus. What he's not saying in this text is, oh, they did nice things, so surely they're going to heaven. There are people who aren't saved who do nice things. They've discovered one of the little secrets about serving is that it is really, really fulfilling. It is wonderful to serve and to help people. And so there are absolutely people who do some service because, and they're not saved. But when you and I are righteous, that means right before God, that we have our sins forgiven, that we've been set free from that, he gives us, a, he transplants into our lives who he is. He transforms us into his nature and is the nature of a servant. Jesus said the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus served. Two of the most powerful illustrations are within 24 hours of each other. He served by washing the disciples' feet, taking on like a literal servant would do this. And then just a few hours later, he died on the cross for our sins. Jesus is a servant. And he wants his people, once they are saved, they are transformed into servants. Now, this text is interesting because it gives an example that's hard for us in our modern day to follow exactly. To see people that are hungry and feed them or thirsty or take care of them. We have that from time to time. And absolutely, you should do that. But very seldom do you see someone who just needs water or just needs food. That, that does happen and you ought to take care of them. So, and, and honestly, I mean, like, no hospital is going to be like, hey, uh, you know, I just want to come in and walk around and talk to people. The hospital is not going to let you do that. In fact, one time I went to visit a woman that was in the hospital, and she was in really bad shape in a critical care unit. And they said, we're sorry, only family members and ministers can come in. And I said, I'm her pastor. And the lady looked at me, and she went, you're a pastor? Like that? And I was like, thank you so much. Thank you that I, you know, I, I don't want to look like the guy off Footloose. I don't want to do that, all right? And so, 
so we go and 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 it's but but it's hard to find people without ministries these days you go i mean you don't just walk into prison you go in a prison ministry and so so we want to serve people in the name of jesus christ number two serving is the simple way serving in simple ways is changing the world we live in a day where people really and truly, especially younger generations, want to change the world. They even want to do something in their job that is meaningful. I mean, and, and I, we never thought about meaningful when I, when I got a job. I mean, my, my dad was just like, get a job. You're 38. It's time to move out. Just, you know, like just any job. But, but now people think much more in how to connect um, their values into their job. And they say things like, I want to change the world. That's a fantastic goal. The problem is, how do you design a strategy for that? How do you start? Well, this verse shows us. You give somebody food. You give somebody water. You don't have to dig water wells in Africa. You can, but you just give somebody thirsty water. You don't have to change the world for everyone. You can go and literally visit someone in prison and encourage them and help them along the way. And so I want to introduce today... Something that we've talked about before in here, but I want to formally introduce a ministry uh, that we've partnered with in River Valley. It's called EWOP, E-W-O-P, Empowering Women Out of Prison. Empowering Women Out of Prison. EWOP is a, a, a nonprofit that, that partners in prisons, in women's prisons, uh, and the, right now they have over a thousand applicants for about a hundred spots for the next semester. And these women will come in and EWOP will partner with them for the entire year and they will give them life skills once they get out. They will give them leadership lessons that are applicable in all situations and they'll teach them entrepreneurship. Because many times uh, people have not come out of an, an incarcerated situation and thought, hey, I don't just have to work for someone. I could actually start my own business and be very successful at it. And what does that look like? And so these are pictures. These pictures are, are pictures of, of the women that, that I've met, many of them I've met. And if you, uh, I went, uh, Ben and I were able to go into prison last week and, and, and meet with them. And I don't know what you would think about what a prison ministry is like, but let me tell you what, and I mean this with all sincerity, this was the most encouraging place I've ever been in. Really and truly, there are a group of women who love each other, support each other, cheer for each other. I mean, it is so wonderfully encouraging. And I, honestly, I mean, you walk out and you're like, that was great. I, I helped people in the name of Jesus. It was wonderful to be a part of. And so what they we're doing here is they all have to make a presentation and they work throughout, throughout the year of an entrepreneur, of what, of what they would like to start a business as. And they've got to, they've got to get research from the outside. It's a lot of work. They've got to learn to public speak. Many of them are, are nervous about that. Uh, they've got to give these presentations, hone them and develop them. And then we came in last week and we judged the, the final 16. It was like Shark Tank. It really was. And so they're presenting to us, and we're asking questions in return, and we narrowed the 16 down to four and the, the four down to one and, and, and was able to give feedback and input. And it was, it was so wonderful. I, I, mean, I truly, truly uh, enjoyed it. And so uh, Pam Tomier is, our, our, uh, is the executive director of this ministry. She goes to our church. But I want you to get to meet today one of the graduates of EWOP and hear firsthand uh, what she's learned from that. So will you guys do me a favor? Will you welcome to the stage, Alicia Mullins. So.
Alicia is a graduate of the first class, so they are about to graduate class three and start class four, but she was in the first class. So Alicia, welcome to the stage. I did ask her, I was like, hey, do you hug? And she said she does, so I'm glad you're here. So, <laughs> And so it was uh, a lot of fun to be there. So Alicia, so, so thank you for being here. Tell us, uh, tell us about your early life and, and how, does, how does Christianity play into this whole story for you? Well, let me start by saying good morning, everybody, and what a blessing it is for me to be here. Um, my early life, my childhood, you know, I was, a, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, and my grandmother was a devout Christian, and she had me baptized at a young age. So I did grow up with, with Jesus in my life, you know. Um, as I grew older, you know, I kind of lost my way from, from that path that I had when I was younger, and, you know, it, you know I raised my children, and... I didn't really raise my children with, with, with religion or Jesus in their lives. And, and I actually regret that. So. Yeah. But it was interesting in talking to your story. So I, 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 we've had conversations, but just hearing it from the first time this morning is, is like you can be saved and, and walk away for, for a time. And, and that was really the, the, the time of your life when you weren't living with, with Christ that, that some things happened. And so tell us about, about what you, tell us about your life and, and how you became incarcerated. Okay. So, um, I was a very high functional drug addict and I was raising my children. I was a single mom and nobody knew only me, you know, I hid it very well. And then there came a point where my kids grew up and graduated and, you know, then I started getting in trouble with the law. I didn't have anything to do. I went from raising children and having all this to do every day to having nothing to do. And I kind of fell into a bad cycle where I started using drugs. And that's what eventually led to my incarceration was getting arrested a lot and, and drug use. Yeah. So it was when I actually was on my way to prison that my grandmother pulled me aside and she said, you know, just read your Bible, Alicia, and I'm going to pray for you every single day. And when I got to prison, I actually cried. I, it was it was a horrible experience, you guys. I can't imagine that yeah. first 24 hours was, of. Uh, I cried. I, I pulled the sheets over my head and and I just I cried and then I fell asleep. So yeah, yeah it was a rough experience. Well, one of the things that that Ben and I talked about on the way home that that took me by surprise a little bit was um, there were so many uh, women that that. If you would have met them out the outside, they would have never been people that you pegged as like, hey, they're, they're going down a road towards prison. That, you, you know, like many of them like you, moms and even good moms, you actually owned a company. I did. Uh, and, and what did you do? Um, I owned a cleaning company the whole time I was raising my children. So for about 20 years, you know, we would, I had three girls working for me and we would clean um, in, in our busy season, five houses a day. And and it was hard work, but it allotted me the time to be there for my children to go on field trips and, you know, just to be there yeah. when they were home from school. So. And, and so, so it, I don't know what your notions were, but, but I, I was a little bit shocked of how many people were in prison, uh, not because of a, a series of bad decisions, right. as, like which is your story, but some of them were there because uh, one bad decision. There were many women there that um, went to happy hour after work and drove home. And, and got a DWI and, and had a wreck or caused problem, yeah. uh, you know, caused uh, injury or even some of them death. I was incarcerated with, with a lot of women that, you know, they were DWI accidents where they, they 
uh, were convicted of manslaughter, you know, and also murderers, you know, and money crimes. There's just there's this whole range of of things that you could be incarcerated for. Absolutely, so. and uh, in, in that, like I think all of them though were were like you in that and that no one, I mean, you, you had a drug use that, that got worse and worse and worse, but it was functioning for so long. No one ever thinks it, it will happen to them right. until that first 24 hours. And, right. and it really can, by the grace it of does. God. Uh, if you're not, you could have been probably. So I will say this, if you're out there making poor decisions, you think they're at the right, you're making good decisions at the time, but you're so clouded and, and so lost from the path of God that what you believe is a right decision is truly not a right decision. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So thank you for letting us talk about that. You, you know, and so 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 now you're in prison at this point, and and uh, you're learning life. And and tell us about your your experience with EWOP, which uh, EWOP meets at the the Lockhart, the Coleman unit in Lockhart, so just right down the road, easily accessible for us. Uh, and it, the 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 prisoners actually apply for that. You actually happen to be at that at that one. But tell us about your experience with EWOP. So I was already at the Lockhart facility when I saw the EWOP posters go up. And the first thing that ran through my mind was, hey, I used to own a business. I would love to learn more about entrepreneur entrepreneurship and the skills that this organization can teach me. So um, we have to interview. So if you're selected, um, they bring you in and you have to do two interviews, just like a job interview with it. And my first interview, I didn't know at the time, was with the director, Pam. And she asked me what my, some of my short-term goals would be once I was released from prison. And I told her immediately that I want to be the one who walks back in here after I'm released. And I recently fulfilled that goal. Um, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> it felt wonderful, you guys, to be able, excuse me, to be able to walk into a facility that you were incarcerated at. For almost two years, I was incarcerated at that facility. And to be able to walk in free, and then be able to walk right back out. It was amazing, you guys. It was, it was the best thing. It was the best thing. I bet the walking out is, is the key part. <laughs> That's Felt good. Great. That's Felt good. Yeah. And so, so, okay, so we have to take a little break. And, and I told her this was coming as I, as I heard part of her story. Because there's some really interesting parts of prison that, that I didn't know about. And that's, that's like the life hacks, uh, for lack of a better word. So, so tell us like some of the ways that, that you cooked in prison. <laughs> so when we were fortunate enough to get a box, just a regular old box, and we would cut a hole in the top and punch holes all in the side and put our meal that we made in there and put the hair dryer right on the top, and that was our air fryer. We were able to, <laughs> so. I mean, and then while we were waiting for the air fryer to fry our food, we'd get a soda can and put it in between our headphones, our headphones, and that was our sound system. It, it just, and then I guess... One time, the lady next to us was frying also, and it blew, it blew the breaker, you know, because two hair dryers are running at the same time. <laughs> and then here comes the guards, right? And we had to explain that we were... You were air frying. We were air frying, right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so, yeah, tell your college students about that. You, you, you yeah, know, that's... For sure. <laughs> so, that's, I, I just thought that was fascinating, yeah. so, and, and what they did. So, so... Um, at, so you, you, go, you went through EWOP, you were in the first graduating class and, and got this, this, this experience. And so now you're kind of on the far side of that. So uh, you, you were um, I was released. Re I was released July 1st of 2022. All right. And so, so, so tell us a little bit about your life now, specifically kind of, you know, what did EWOP 
prepare you for or help you with? Um, so I want to say a little bit about EWAP first, is that EWAP not only awakened my dreams, but they gave me the courage to follow them and the skills to successfully operate in a business situation. Um, before EWAP, I had lost all hope of, of owning a business or even having kind of dreams where, where am I gonna go with my life? What am I gonna do now? I'm a convicted felon, you know? And I didn't feel like any of the skills that I possessed were gonna be worthwhile going forward and EWAP changed that for me. They gave me encouragement, they gave me education and I, I ended up with a great mentor. Uh, Pam has been a great mentor for me and you know, that's all you can give is mentorship. Just get involved in some way because these ladies, you know, it, it takes a lot to go from the mindset that you, you don't have anything worth value to give the world anymore to move forward into knowing now I can pitch to you Shark Tank style all of my dreams about my business. And it takes major amounts of courage, or courage to do that. It so does take courage, does. yes. I bet you, you, you saw, you know, there were definitely, when, in my group, there were definitely some women who were very comfortable in front. Yeah. And there were definitely some women that, that were they were coming over a major hurdle just to speak publicly, and, and yes. it was beautiful. It was awesome. I mean, it was amazing to watch. When, when vulnerability sh shines through is when your true self comes forward, and it's like, it, it's an amazing experience. So I would You really should you write that down. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of mic drop like I've got it all showing, vulnerability yes. is powerful, isn't it? Is. It is. It is. Totally and, so, yes. and so, yeah, you're... A testimony of that, you, you know, I mean, when, when I met Alicia, you know, I was like, hey, are you comfortable sharing your story? Are you, you, you know, and, and, and you're doing fantastic, uh, you know, <laughs> and so, so uh, yeah, so, so. So since I've been released, um, I gained full-time employment um, at a position where I moved up rather quickly. Um, they saw, they're like, hey, that girl works. <laughs> Let's move her up. And, and I, I've had two raises in the last, in the last 15 months, I think. So I'll come up on 15 months. Um, and now I'm the warehouse supervisor for a large resort. I am currently enrolled at Austin Community College where I'm studying um, for my Associates of Applied Science in Manufacturing Technology, which is a whole lot of words for saying that I'm going to go work in the semiconductor industry. Nice, so, nice. Yes, so, so. so you're working and going to school. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. you're definitely busy. Yes, I'm, <laughs> so. I'm super busy. But I'm, like, like the song said, you know, I'll make time. I'll make time for this because EWAP's a great, a great organization and it truly does help like every single graduate. They help you guys. It, I just can't say it enough. Absolutely. They were there for me when I was released. You know, the, the day I was released, they drove all the way to the modeling unit and had a backpack waiting for me with clothes and a, a nice pair of boots, you know, and just, and just basic necessities, Absolutely. the shampoo that you needed. And just other than that, just the fact that they were there, they were there when I was released, you Absolutely. know, at a unit that wasn't Lockhart's and that, that meant the world to me. So, so we as a church uh, do two things for EWAP. The first is, uh, is, is they, they actually get our videos uh, on disc. Uh, so they're able to watch our services um, uh, in, in the Coleman unit there. So like the whole service, the music, everything. So that, and evidently that gets passed around quite a bit with the group. Also, uh, we've uh, done this already. We've purchased um, 
gift bags and uh, Christmas presents for every one of the women who are graduating this year. A little over 100 women who are graduating from EWAP are getting gifts from River Valley uh, for Christmas this year. And one of our community groups is assembling those. We've already bought those and everything. But there's some ways that you personally can be involved in, in EWAP. And so I want to give you those uh, as we close out today. The first one is, is prayer. Um, that we're graduating a class right now and another class won't start, but we want you to be able to immediately connect if you feel the Lord speak to you today. And so you can, you can be paired with a person to, to be a prayer partner for them. And you mentioned something about your grandma that, that uh, she said when, she was, when you were in prison, like how much she was praying for you, how much that means. My grandma told me that she prayed for me every day in prison. And my grandma recently passed away and it, it's been hard for my whole family, but... You know, you don't just have to read the Bible in prison. You can read the Bible every day. And that's you, a good habit. So they're able, like, right they now. Are. Okay, so, they so, are. They're, okay, so you don't have to have, be a prisoner to read the Bible. Absolutely. Well, that's, the, hey, write that down. That's important, people. I know <laughs> some of you are acting like, like I'm being sarcastic, and I am, because you don't read the Bible. All right. <laughs> so, so we want, that's fantastic. But how much it meant for your grandmother to pray for you. So that's one of the ways. The second way that you can help uh, in EWAP in their ministry is uh, you can, I've got it for you. I want to show you, this is one of my favorite sayings. They have at the back table uh, after service, they have get into jail free cards. All right. So they would love for you to get into jail with them. And and uh, you can be an encourager. Uh, you can help them. You can apply and go into, into the ministry and help them in their ministry. This is really helpful, especially if you have business skills. If you, if you are able to help mentor women in businesses, if you have skills on the outside, that's very, very uh, useful in the type of ministry they do. But even if you're an encourager, we would, love, we would love for you to be a part of that ministry so you can get inside and do that. And, and so uh, number three, Three is um, you can email uh, with the staff and 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 uh, help them develop their business plan. So if you're not able to go yourself, they you don't have Google. It's and, called a business plan advisor. Business. And I was actually yes. had the fortunate um, privilege to be a business plan advisor. Oh, that's cool. Once I was out. So. Oh, that's really cool. You it's didn't, just I'm basic nice. research. Yeah. So they 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 need research for their business plans things, and 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 you're able to. Searches it. Oh, very good. That's a lot of fun. Very good. And so, uh, number four is now that they, uh, for those who have graduated and, and are on the outside, is to be a mentor and an encourager uh, once once they're out. And so that uh, meeting with them for coffee, finding out how they're doing, encouraging phone calls and emails, and and inviting them to church, those type of things. So you have one, which is actually Pam Tamura. Pam is actually mentor. yours. And what does it mean for people on the outside? I'm sure the transition can't be easy. It's not easy. And you're going from an environment that's very sterile, you guys. And it's, life comes at you so fast once you're released. And I was locked up for almost four years. And when I first got out, I had all kinds of issues. Um, I still had legal issues that I had to deal with. And um, I'm on probation and parole. And my probation officer in my county was trying to send me back into the penitentiary to complete a program. And I was like, I just got off a program, you know. And so I called Pam, and she wrote a letter on my behalf, and, and we gave it to the judge. And the judge actually accepted that the program that I was in was sufficient enough. So That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, so Pam being a mentor for me meant, meant the world. So mentorship really does matter. If that's all you can give, then, then give that. Please. 
The, the last way is, is as you leave today, uh, they're, they're going to be over at the, the connections table. And uh, you can give financially. They are a, a nonprofit, 501c3. And, uh, and so they, they use that money specifically. Like you go into the facility and you see all these business books that they're reading. And they use that to purchase that. They use that to purchase supplies uh, for, for those uh, students. And so it really does go to a worthy cause. And Ben and I got to see the back end of that and, and all that it does. So I'd love for you to uh, be able to contribute financially. And so we're going to close out today in this way. We're going to close out in prayer, but we're going to do it two ways. Um, Alicia is going to pray for you today. So come on up to the center. Okay. So now, hey guys, I want you to be encouraged. Um, Alicia has done this at a couple of churches already, but I asked her, had she ever prayed in public for people? And in the first, she said no, in the first service was her ever voice of a prayer out loud for people. So give her a hand, right? And, and she did great. She's going to, and I was like, I was like, hey, we challenge people all the time. You got to pray out loud and get over that hump. And she did a fantastic job because it, it came from her heart and it came from gratitude. And so, so I'm going to ask her to, to pray uh, for us today. And then we're going to return that and we're going to pray back for her. So, so uh, pray for a little confidence. You did great. So Alicia, pray for us, please. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I would just like for you to come into the hearts of all these people here and bless them so that they may bless others. I'd also like you to bless River Valley Church and EWOP. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, second out loud prayer ever. Give her a hand. All right? It got better. <laughs> now. It got better that time. It got, hey, you come to the third service, man. It's like just better and better and better. So, I want you guys to stand to your feet. And uh, for us, we're not going to pray uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Instead, we're going to pray with our eyes open, and I want you to look at Alicia. So we're going to pray for her. We're also going to pray uh, for the program she represents and the people she represents. Okay? So we're going to pray for her, but then also through her for a lot of people. But listen, she did something really bold today. For the very first time, about 15 minutes before she did it, I was like, no, 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 you're praying out loud on stage today. And she prayed for like 150 people in the first service and probably around 300 in this service. She did it out loud. She crossed over a barrier and she raised her spirituality. Do the same thing for her. Do the same thing for her. I'm, I'm going to lead you in these prayers, but don't pray in your head. It's not near as powerful. I mean, can you imagine if, if she prayed for you like this? <laughs> All right, that's good. But her voicing her prayer for you is better, isn't it? Would you return the favor and do it for her? Will you return the favor and do it for her? Some of you, this is the first time you're ever going to do this out loud. She got way more courage than you're going to, than I'm calling you to today, okay? So I want you to look at her, and I want you to, and I told her, I said, this is going to be the most encouraging group uh, that you ever get to, to, to be around. And so I want you guys to pray for her. So pray right now out loud. Pray and thank God for Alicia and what he's done in their life. One, two, three. Out loud right now. Pray for her business and for her family relationships and for her college right now. Pray out loud. God, she's busy. She's got a lot going on. Pray for her. Now on the count of three, you're going to pray for those 
out loud that she represents for the graduates, the 100 graduates of this class and for the ones that are coming in. For Pam, for the leadership of EWAP, pray for this ministry that it would be blessed and flourish and continue greatly. Pray out loud for them right now. One, two, three, go. Pray to God in faith for all that they're going to do in the coming days. Pray for God to call out people in this ministry, in this room right now, for this ministry, that they would be used in prisons for the glory of Jesus. When you minister to Alicia, the Bible says you are ministering to Jesus. Pray that right now. Go. Lord Jesus, we thank you today, God. God, we thank you for Alicia. We thank you for Pam and the heart that they have in visiting those who are in prison and helping them. And, and, and not just in comfort, but in skills, in encouragement, God, so that they succeed um, once they aren't incarcerated. God, we pray uh, for her today. God, I thank you so much for Alicia. How cool is that, Jesus, that you raised up her faith today, God, that she went to another level. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement that that brings our church and God, we praise you for that. God, I pray for our church that we would be one who sees those who are sick, who sees those who need clothes, who sees those who need food. So we bring in our Thanksgiving baskets today for feed. And God, I pray that we would be a church that meets true needs, God, because Jesus saved us from our sins. And we praise you for that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you. Amen. Hey, give her one more hand. Let's stand. Let you guys remain standing. We're going to praise God for all that he's done this morning. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.